0: Yo, in today's episode, I'm talking with Susan Wheeler, who's got the most incredible story come from just the most insane uh, upbringing where she's just faced every single possible adversity you can think of from having her pelvis shattered, broke uh, her back broken, um, being forced into a marriage at 16 years old. It's just absolutely crazy to now coming out, becoming an author, a mindset coach, a multiple six-figure earner, and she really goes in deep on how to... Find the silver lining in your life, how to forgive yourself of past trauma and things like that and how to really come out and start thriving through life instead of holding on to stories that might be holding you back. It's absolutely incredible. Grab your notepad and pens. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. and Each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. All right, guys. So today's guest, she is a lifelong entrepreneur who never had the means to attend college yet went on to build a very successful eight-figure sales organization with her online nutrition company. At the age of 34, she had a debilitating accent that shattered her pelvis and broke her back. Yet, she bounced back from this and became a competitive runner in her early 40s. To date, she's run over 25 marathons, half marathons, and ultra marathons, which is absolutely insane. Now, a qualified mindset coach, speaker, and spends her days coaching people to remember that it's never too late to change their life and to find the silver linings in every single setback. So, please help me introduce the woman who has had probably every single excuse in the world. Not to succeed or amount to much in life, to now become the author of her first book, The Lemonade Diet. Miss Susan Wheeler, thank you so much for jumping on here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited for this. So breaking your back and your pelvis, that must have just been absolutely crazy. I can't even begin to imagine what what that was like.
1: Yeah, it was a it was pretty shocking. <laughs> I, I had a little house cleaning business at the time and I went to work that day and there was a faulty railing in the house that I was working in and I fell from the, from the second floor 14 feet headfirst inside the house and I was all alone t- too. So I, I, had to, uh, I had to get help I had to crawl to a phone. I had one arm that worked, and I just laid there not knowing. I, I, I thought I was going to die. My insides were on fire, and I could feel the bones in my body kind of shifting around as I was dragging myself across the floor. And I remember when the paramedic came in, he looked at me, and, and believe it or not, as it turns out, I didn't have a cut or a bruise on my body. So he looked at me and he said, "You know what's wrong?" And I looked back at him. I said, "Everything's broken." And that night he came into the hospital room and peeked around the corner and he looked at me just wanted to be sure I was okay. He said, "You were right. Everything is broken." So that was the that was the beginning of um, really the best of my life. Now that I look back, that that from that horrible fall and accident, I became. Uh, stronger in every sense physically mentally i became unstoppable
0: that's absolutely insane and, and, I, and I love straight away you, what did you say just saying you're like that was that was the beginning of like you know a, a, attitude's everything right and how how did you like how, how did you stop because so often so many other people would it'd be, it'd be so easy to give that kind of story to someone and to fall into the victim mentality of poor me well was me and now here's my excuse to not do much or even validate the stories yourself or other people told you growing up that you can't do things. Or How, how did you avoid falling into a victim mentality and a mindset um, and go on to run all these marathons?
1: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, initially, my healing, it was, a, it was a long process because I was literally in a wheelchair and I had to learn to walk all over again. And people wanted me to stay to slow down and i did not want i could not envision myself being in a wheelchair or a walker i hated i hated limping and and hurting and i just did whatever i could do to speed the process along but it is funny because people a lot of people play the victim role and when they see it's not that anybody wanted me hurting but you know, they thought, you know, you could, you could just kind of sit back and you don't have to work. And I thought, I have to work. I, I have to get up and move. And, and at the time I was a bartender. So I I had zero income. If I couldn't, I couldn't work. I absolutely couldn't work. And I was a single mom and it was a really difficult time for me. And I just knew I had to get going and, and Make things happen. So, healing was my number one priority. But as it turns out, uh, you know, I, I did get back on my feet and get back to work, et cetera. It, it took a good year before I was really mobile again. But about six years later, uh, one of my best friends was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she, I wanted to do something significant to support her. And a lot of girls will, will shave their head, you know, to kind of um, be in unison with someone. And I didn't want to do that because I didn't want people to look at me and think that I was sick. So I thought, what could I do that would be really difficult that could show my support? And that's when I started to run and I became a runner. And I, well, I ran a race just to support her and she was pregnant at the time with her third son and going through chemotherapy. So talk about running a race. So for me doing this, I wasn't a runner and plus I had all all these, you know, ailments and I was able to not only start feeling better after doing this running, but it it actually, I, I think that was, that helped me get rid of my arthritis and all those things. And then I fell in love with it and I went on to really race and compete. But it was that why. And I think what happens is when you're a, you can either be the victim of something or you can develop some why, something bigger than you, stronger than you, something so compelling that it forces you to kind of work through something really difficult. And for me, it was physical pain.
0: Mm. And that, that's so important and, and that's i i preach this all the time it's like we always talk about having a why but also having a vision and and we really need to understand like why we're actually because like us as humans we need to know that the <clears throat> like the pain that we're going through the effort the energy that we're exerting every single day like where is it taking us and and i think like you really do hit that mental wall along the journey of any journey of, of the pain or or whatever you need to just keep pushing past and it's always so important to come back to that Um, so this was 34, you were 34 when all this happened. Let's go back a step further because you were just sharing a little bit more about, uh, your teenage life, school life. Do you want to share a little bit more about this?
1: Sure, sure. So, so when I was 16, it was a week before my senior year of high school, my dad uh, died of a heart attack. He was 49 years old. And the story, and this is something I wrote about in my in my book, one of my first chapters, was um, the chapter really is about forgiving yourself and and regret and the day he died, of course, I had no idea that this was about to happen. I stormed out of the house, I was a nasty teenage girl, 16, and my dad was just kind of teasing me um, about a show that I was watching on television and I overreacted and I stormed out of the house and I slammed the door and I never saw him again. And to so to be 16 and to lose a parent, but then to lose a parent kind of under those circumstances, left me feeling like i i thought he died and and he thought that i hated him and that was a tough pill to swallow because i couldn't i couldn't take it back and i couldn't get any forgiveness from him so here so what ended up happening? I just, there's two parts to this. I I learned a valuable lesson that um, I always think before I speak. So I don't leave a room or a conversation. I like to make things right. And my kids, you know, if they're angry and slamming out the door, I throw love on them anyway. And so they know it because you never know. And they know my story too. So it's been sort of a great lesson for all of us. But what ended up happening was um, I was, I went to school knowing that my parents really didn't have money and I knew that this was sort of a deal breaker. I never really knew what would happen with college, but when my dad died, I knew there was not a possibility of college. My mom was in so much grief. She was 49 I and mean, it was just so unexpected. She had three teenagers and I didn't have the means to go to college. So I ended up getting married to um, my teacher <laughs> in high school. And honestly, it was, you know, today it would be totally illegal. I, he was twice my age. But at the time, you know, my mother signed the papers and <sighs> and it just happened. And uh, for me, I I always felt, and I became a mother at a young age. I was 18 when I had my daughter. and. I always felt like this is the path that that I've been given and I'll really never amount to much because I don't have an education and now I'm a mother. And that that was sort of my reality for quite a while but I always did feel like I had I had what it took to be an entrepreneur and I thought that that's what I could do because you could be an entrepreneur without a college education. You know, you can't get a job in a corporation really, but I knew that I could make it work myself. So I did a few different things along the way and made it work until I I finally found network marketing, which is where I really became successful.
0: That is absolutely incredible. Quick question, do you still have a relationship Mm -hmm. with your mom?
1: Actually, my mom died four years ago. And we, that's fine. We had a great relationship. And honestly, I, I, when I turned 50, I, I really had a moment. Most people, when they, when they turn 50, right, it's such a, it's, you know, that's the big one. Right. And I cried tears of joy because I thought my father would have given anything to turn 50. So I'm not going to complain about this. I'm going to celebrate it. And I can, at that time, and the, the, you know, we age in our bodies, but our minds really don't, don't age. We, I. I still in my head think i'm in my 20s and i thought gosh that was a lot for my mother to go through so she didn't do anything that was awful i was never upset with her at all it was she was in her own grief so i was always very close with my mother and as i got older too i did understand that she was just dealing with her own stuff Mm. so yeah we never had any
0: yeah that's really incredible that um you know, because I talk to people all the time and especially like young people, like 16, right? 16 and a girl, you still very in this space of like figuring out the world and it's so easy to create stories and meanings of things. And you wouldn't believe like how many conversations I have with young people that have a resentment towards their parents for some reason. They did this, they didn't do this. They weren't the people I expected them to be. And then I say, well, you wouldn't be the person that you are today if they were exactly who you wanted them to be. And so it's so like, you know, I didn't have the most brilliant upbringing, but I love my parents so much because I know that they did the best that they could. Absolutely. So that, that's, that's great. How, how, um, you know, having all this and you talked about being able to forgive yourself, how, how does one, because that's heavy and, and you can, you can totally understand how you would as 16 create a story that, you know, you did that, you walked out on your dad and then, and then that happened and that stuck with you for life. How did you work on forgiving yourself on that kind of story that you created? How do you rewrite that story or or just overcome all that?
1: You, you, you have to rewrite it. And I, I, I get different things over the years that, that solidified my feeling. But back then I just had to come to terms with the fact and I call it spilled milk. Now, you know, you spill milk and what are you going to do? Nothing you can do, right. Clean it up and move on. And there was nothing I could do. I, I, I so wanted him to, to, come back and show me a sign and tell me it was okay and he had forgiven me and he knew I didn't mean it. But i that was not going to happen. So all I could do to honor him and forgive myself going forward is just never to, never to treat anyone like that again. And I would never slam a door and walk out on someone. I want to fix it. I want to make it right. Or at least if I can't make it right, I, I make myself heard, you know, this is how I feel. And, you know, hopefully we can work through this. But that was how I was able to forgive myself. But moving forward, as the the lucky mom of I have four children, and I have two daughters. And I have been through the same thing with both of them. They've hated me. (laughs) And guess what? I never felt like they really hated me even though they might've said it, even though they might've slammed out of the house, slammed the door, I knew really that they didn't. I knew it was a moment in time. So experiencing that myself as a mom, I know my dad was probably, I probably slammed out of the house, probably shook his head and said, oh, you know, girls.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's so incredible. And just like having no attachment to things, I think that's such, such an important thing to detach from meaning. Detached from meaning, like no, no, nothing has meaning in this world. <laughs> <laughs> right? to, put it, to put it bluntly, right? like people go through life thinking that everything has to mean something and actually everything's meaningless except for what um, we're going to attach to it. So that's one part of your book, how to um, forgive yourself. What, what's your next, what's your other most favorite part of the book? You know, like if, if, if someone could only take away one chapter, one thing, what's that, what's that one thing that's on your heart?
1: Jeez, it's so funny because I have been doing a lot of book groups and talks and getting a lot of feedback and everyone is coming up with something different. It's not like there's one, one chapter that everybody is drawn to. So gosh, someone asked me, uh, someone asked me that last night this is a tough one. It's a toss up. One of the chapters that, that really is important to me that I want everyone to, to come away with learning something from, is I wrote a chapter about my oldest daughter who has uh, mental illness and she wasn't officially diagnosed until just a few years ago. And the poor girl has a mom who is is just always finding the silver lining, you know, get up and, and smile and dance and go at it again and smile and you can, you can do this. And she could never do that. And so I'd always have my coaching hat on and try to get her to, you know, to come around. And it wasn't until several, it was, I think it was about four years ago, um, she had a suicide attempt. And that was a wake up call for all of us because she hadn't been officially diagnosed with anything at the time and she was mismedicated. And really it took her getting that bad for, for even her own mother to understand mental illness. And that is a a big deal right now. There's such a stigma around it. And, and basically the chapter is, you know, what does mental illness even look like? It's, it's, you, she's a regular girl. Uh, my daughter has seven children. She's a fabulous mother. She loves her girls. They're always organized. And she she does her homework with them, which I hated doing homework with my kids. I thought, well, geez, if you don't get your homework done, you know, you're on your own. But she's on top of all these things. and And I really wanted to bring awareness to the fact that we treat people with mental illness a lot differently than we would treat someone with a disease that you could see so that was that was a, a big a big one for me so there were a lot of personal stories um, that was probably as uh, on a personal level but then one of my business stories was uh, I had joined a network a a direct sales company i didn't know what i was doing i was just ignorance on fire i was excited to get out of the house and and i had earned a trip to puerto rico now mind you i'd never hardly i hadn't been anywhere i didn't travel at all my parents didn't have the means to travel and i was a young mom so i didn't have any you know any way to travel and, or anywhere to go, or, you know, a reason to go anywhere, and I joined this company, and I did really well, and I earned this trip, and the company asked me to speak. It was a leadership conference, and they asked me to speak, I thought, You know me they want me to speak at this conference and so my sponsor in that company is my best friend now her name is Cindy Walter and she said Susan you are going to this conference I said I have babies at home I can't leave she said it is a free conference and you are speaking there and you're going so I went and that changed everything that was such a big eye-opener so I get to this conference there was about 800 women there And I stood in front of the room and I had my speech prepared and they had teleprompters. It was so so cool. But what I did is you're looking through these glass uh, where all your words are in front of your podium and I could look through the glass and I was seeing all these women. And what I noticed was they were all just like me nobody was, no one stood out, no one stood apart. And that one conference, that one moment, and I got to meet people really put things into perspective for me because I had always felt like I didn't have what it took to be successful because I didn't go to college because I didn't have all the lucky breaks. Right. And I was divorced and a single mom and when I got there, I realized I'm no different than any of these people. And if they can do it, I can do it. So I really talk about that chapter. It's about having a, having a vision. Because unless I was there, I would have never seen that. You can explain things to people, but it's just like being at a live sporting event or watching it on television. It just doesn't feel the same inside. The excitement isn't the same. So that was... That one I loved because I, I think that chapter really shows people that you really need to lay things out. You need to see. You're, you need a vision, but it doesn't always have to be in your head. You have, to, you have to put yourself, drop yourself into the vision that you want to create.
0: You need to explore the five senses, right? So then you, know, that's, you, you need to experience it. Like someone said to me, uh, like I want to buy a Bentley, I want a Bentley, and I think about it all the time and and all this. And then he said to me, "He's like, when are you gonna go and test drive a Bentley?" I'm like, "What do you mean test drive a Bentley? I don't know." He's like, "Just go and sit in one." I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause when you go and sit in it and you feel it and then you see it and like and you touch it and and all this stuff, you activate more of your senses instead of just thinking about it, and then our subconscious." Uh, manifest it more because it's, it seems more believable when we can actually touch, feel, and experience things. So I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you're talking about um, really like finding the silver lining, okay? So for someone sitting on this call, listening to this, and maybe they're going through tough shit right now, or maybe they they, they, they do have depression or something like that, and they're at such a state where they can't even see any positivity. They they And, and they might be hearing, well, it's hearing the voice in their head saying oh, it was easy for them or, or whatever. How does one truly find that positive part of life? How does someone find the silver lining when shit just isn't going well for them?
1: Well, see... Shit isn't going well. And that's how we got ourselves in that situation, right? So we've all been there. And why do some people climb out and find happiness? One of the reasons I really wanted to write my story was because people that know me now, that didn't know my story or know me before, I was once called a superhero, a superhero, because they thought, Everything was just great. And what I really wanted to explain to people is we've all been there. And what does it take? So, first of all, it takes you physically having to move, remove yourself from the situation. If you are, you know, sitting in a pile of shit, get up there because nothing you can think of is going to get you out of it. You literally have to move your body, get away from it, clean yourself off. And so, I think being in You have to be in the right space. So you have to take yourself out of the space you're in. I'm a big believer of the people you talk with, the people you hang around with. You have to remove yourself from the situation. And when I look back at my life, I think how many times... Um and I call I could have picked door number three. There was this game show, Let's Make a Deal. You know, and one of the doors, you know, two of the doors had some cool prizes, and then one door was like a bale of hay and a donkey or something, and that's what you'd go home with. And I I I would it, if I went down a certain road and it wasn't working, I didn't feel like I had to stay there. So we are totally in control to take the detour. A lot of people come up against something, right? And they'll say, this is it. This is what I, my, the life that I've been handed. This is the situation I've been handed. And they'll keep going up against that roadblock. And I, I'm always looking for the detour. So you have to look for the detour. And the thing about the detour, it can take longer. It's it's not that quick path that you expected. But if you think about this too, you know, the quick path, people, there's studies out, you know, people that win the lottery, the quick path to be a millionaire, they lose it because they didn't develop into the person that they needed to become to have that kind of wealth. So when I'm hit with a roadblock, I don't look at it like, why me? This isn't fair. I look at it and say, okay, I, I'm not ready. I need to get stronger. I need to train a little more. I'm going to figure it out. And, and you know what? There is not one thing that has happened in my life, including my father dying when I was a kid that I would, that I would turn the clock back and want to change. And it's just that this is the person I, I love, the person that I've become. I have a beautiful family. I'm so proud of every single one of my kids. I have seven grandchildren. I love them all. And I wouldn't be in a position to help and mentor so many people if I had the easy path all the time. I, I would not be able to relate and I would not be able to help anyone.
0: We're talking about this, I think it was yesterday or I I can't remember, on on another episode. Um, And it's like, imagine if every single thing you want in life just happened so easy. And imagine if everything just worked out exactly how you thought it was going to work out and you got the money and you got the lifestyle and you got the results and it all just happened without a struggle. Imagine how boring that would be. Imagine how crap it would actually be. And when when you really think about it, it's like, imagine sitting where everything just happens so easy where there's no struggle or anything and and then you're sitting there having everything you want, you'd be like, well, "This is crap, right Because like all the amazing things in life like they come they needs to come with struggle, it needs to come with a story and and I often um this is the funny thing, like when you declare like I'm an amazing manifesto right i get I get what I want and um the the funny thing is is I believe like we can always get everything we want, but what we can't. Uh, determine is the path that's gonna get us there so we truly do need to be careful for what we wish for and one time i was away on this island uh you know and i was sitting there and i was saying we're staying this amazing resort like this place was like six hundred dollars a night it was really really nice and we got there and it it wasn't really like six hundred dollars a night quality like it it was pretty freaking incredible but i thought it was gonna be better and there was a few things that kind of went wrong and and like i don't complain about anything so i just i just accept it right I remember I sitting there and, I, and I, said, I said to my friend, I go, hey, you know what? I'm going to manifest just getting this for free. I'm going to manifest that uh, because it just opened right now. Like our room was leaking and, and all this stuff. And I go, I'm going to manifest just like, I'm not going to complain about it. But I'm going to manifest them just giving this to me for free. It's like $2,000 I spent there. and And then what happened was, Something went wrong and they said, look, we feel so sorry. Come down and enjoy a seafood banquet tonight on the water on on us. Have a dinner on yourself. So we we racked up our $600 bill, lobsters, everything you could think of, cocktails. Like it was just crazy, huge night. And then I get seafood poisoning. (laughs) I spent the whole night, like I had the IV drip on me. I'm I'm trying to hold this off going, yeah, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I I don't, you know, I don't get sick. The next minute, I just collapsed and I'm like, okay, call a dog now. I got the IV driven everything on me. So then what happened after that was they gave me a free stay. Oh. Right? They go, hey, look, we're just going to give you a refund. I said, if I had known that this was what had to happen for me to get the refund, I just would have paid.
1: <laughs> exactly. Isn't that funny? Oh, what a great, great story. <laughs> what a it's great
0: funny. story so we we need to be careful for what we wish for but also just appreciate appreciate everything that comes and you know, adapt to it i think that's that's probably the biggest thing i've learned to adapt to any situation
1: absolutely and you know it is so true that when when something when you have to work hard to get something it means so much more than when it's handed to you and i remember so this was i was uh, running you know lots of marathons and training and i decided to get a bike and i bought this beautiful racing bike because i was going to get even more training in without having to do all that pounding on my feet so i was a couple years into biking and i was riding along after going up a big hill just kind of relaxing a little bit i hit a little tiny pothole i was going pretty fast and i went over the handlebars on my bike and i had the racing aero bars and broke all my ribs punctured my lung and my lung collapsed and i was 4 weeks out from a marathon so i'm in the hospital going how you know how did this even happen it was in a split second and i was covered with road rash. And I ended up in off, I skidded across the road. I ended up in poison ivy. (laughs) So my bloody back is lying in poison ivy. So long story short, I could not, there was no way on God's green earth I could run that marathon in four weeks. And I was really set to have a PR. So in january i was going to a conference in florida so this happened in september and i i signed up for a marathon there because i thought okay it's warm it's disney i'm going to be down there anyway so i get to that marathon and i cannot tell you i had a dislocated clavicle nothing went right in that whole race i was it, it was freezing cold like it was 19 degrees in florida <laughs> which i wasn't expecting i my ribs were not fully healed i wanted to quit i wanted to duck into cinderella's castle and just hide there and call the sag wagon but i kept going i kept going and when i crossed that finish line it was it was one of the worst times i had in a race my you know worst but i'll never forget how i felt and how that metal felt being put around my neck because Boy, I really struggled to get to get through that, and I think what uh, what we do a lot of times is when we're hit with something difficult we we won't even attempt it but when but when I did that race, it made me realize I could do anything, and I wasn't just talking about running it it that was another game changer, and every time I pushed myself in one area of my life, something else would happen and propel me forward and i'd be more successful in my business so i sort of play that game a little bit when i'm successful in my business i know that i'm physically stronger when i'm physically stronger i know i can take on more things mentally
0: oh my god this is absolutely amazing this has been such a great chat um where can before you wrap this up where can people find you on social media where can they buy your book
1: they can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Susan V Wheeler. I'm on Instagram, Susan underscore v Wheeler. I have a website, SusanVWheeler.com, And my book is on Amazon and there's a link on my website to get my book through Amazon. It's on Kindle and in paperback.
0: Amazing. All right. Incredible. So to wrap up this interview, I'm going to hit you with a question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. If you were to go back to your eighteen-year-old self and give yourself thirty seconds of advice, what would it be?
1: I think the the advice would be just what uh, just what Dorothy heard on the Wizard of Oz. You've had the power all along. I think we forget we give our power away and remember that we are as strong as we allow ourselves to be and as weak as we allow ourselves to be. So go for it, make a decision and know that you're capable of anything.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month, I'm choosing one lucky person who has left the review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.